It's the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. The National Security Hour exposes the wolves in sheep's clothing and their nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. Welcome to the National Security Hour. This is the America Out Loud talk radio network. And I'm Ed Hugland, your host for today and the next hour. The National Security Hour is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America against dark forces of communism and world government. Each week we take you on a journey exploring exclusive in-depth national security issues and investigations that connect the past to the present and expose Americans' enemies, both foreign and domestic. The National Security Hour features analysts and military experts presenting tough conversations and hard-nosed reality checks that the American people need to hear in order to fully understand the true picture of the evolving status of U.S. national security. I wish to thank our executive producer, Mary Fanning, who brings together a wide array of voices during this hour to expose the wolves in sheep's clothing and the nefarious plots to undermine and destroy U.S. national security. In prior episodes, I've discussed the Citizens Commission to Restore America, which was founded by Lieutenant General Tom McInerney, Major General Paul Vallee, and myself. Tonight, I'll be highlighting a true American patriot and his parallel now collaborative grassroots efforts with CCRA as I'm joined in a moment by Mr. Roman Bueller in our efforts to restore America. But before we begin, I'd like to remind our listeners that America Out Loud talk radio plays on the iHeart Radio Network. You can listen to this on our media player from any web browser anywhere in the world. We have now the best-in-class applications available on Apple, Android, Alexa, where we go stream 24 by 7. And now you can also hear them on the podcast on those same applications. Go to AmericaOutloud.com, AmericaOutloud.com to get all the details. Now, let me introduce my guest tonight, Mr. Roman Bueller. Roman is the director of the Madison Coalition, working to take power out of Washington and straighten checks and balances on the abuse of federal power. His projects include the proposed Keep the Nine Amendment, which we'll talk about tonight, backed by more than 200 members of Congress. He served as Newt Gingrich's first U.S. House Committee Counsel for 14 years as the lead committee counsel for House Republicans on election integrity issues. His efforts to advance a new constitutional amendment are critical to ensuring the balance of power is sustained across our legislative, judicial, and executive branches. With that, we're going to answer three questions tonight. What is constitutional government? What role does the Supreme Court play? Second, why is it that the keep the nine is so important? And how can we make sure it is a successful grassroots effort? And lastly, what are the next steps in getting this amendment passed? We also go, we also go into a little bit of Roman's background why he's a true conservative, and how he got here, as we look to highlight American patriots and their efforts in this, the National Security Hour. With that, let me turn it over to Roman to answer the first question as we discuss what is constitutional government and what role does SCOTUS play? Roman, welcome. 
Thank you, Ed, for having me on this program. And thank you for the, uh, the work that you're doing. Um, we're here because we, I'm sure the listeners of this program, understand how important constitutional government is to America. But the essence of a constitution is to tell government what it can't do. Uh, limited government requires limits on government, and limits on government are in a constitution. And the great genius of our constitution was that it divided the powers of government between an executive branch, a legislative branch, and a judicial branch. And if you look all over the world, what tyrants want to do most is break down checks and balances on the abuse of power. And in many countries, that means turning the, the independent judicial branch into essentially a puppet of the politicians who control the other two branches. Without an independent judiciary, there was no one, there is no one to say no to a tyrant that wants to stay in power permanently, to a majority that wants to violate the constitutional rights of its citizens. So preserving an independent judiciary is the key, one of the keys to limited government. And the genius of our constitution is we have an independent judiciary. If we need it. Well, with that, Ramon, one of the things we, we discussed in prior uh, talks uh, with you is the challenges in then fighting those both internal to America and external to America to stop them from driving subjugation in America. So can you speak to a moment about what your perspective is on both those inside America, whether they're bureaucrats, progressives or others who are trying to undermine our constitution and the power of the Supreme Court, the legislative branch, but also speak to how's that playing out with other adversaries and what are their intentions like China and Russia? So we live in an era where America is still a beacon of freedom and an opportunity around the world. Whatever you think of our borders, America is still a magnet for people from all over the world. People want to live here. People want to be like American. And one of the things they like about America is that individuals have rights and there are limits on government power, which is different from the way it is in Russia or China uh, and many other countries around the world. And so in any in any democratic system of government, there are people who want power. In any government around the world, there are people who want power. And what do they hate most? They hate limits on their power. So domestically, we have a group of people whose fundamental governing principle is what they call justice. It's not uh, democracy. It's not um, uh limits on power. It's not limited government. They have a set of goals that they want to achieve. And systematically over the last generation or more, they have been seeking to undermine and reduce limits on what they can accomplish. Now, they claim that they're doing it in the name of democracy. But if you look at their actual governing principle, it's not democracy, it's bureaucracy. They want to unleash the bureaucracy to rule by administrative decree rather than by uh, the democratic process. 
And part of that strategy is to break down one of the only limits that's left to the unlimited power of bureaucrats, and that is the judiciary. And we are very fortunate over the past few years to have a judiciary that now believes in interpreting the Constitution rather than rewriting it. And one of the things they're doing is reigning in the bureaucracy. So we have a a domestic contingent that wants to basically eliminate the independence of the Supreme Court because it will enhance their power. Now, abroad, we have a different dynamic. Two things are going on. One is the autocrats in China, in Russia, in Iran, understand that they their greatest enemy is not America. Their greatest enemy is their own people. They, they spend millions of dollars and, and enormous energy trying to conceal from their own people what is really going on around the world. And their greatest fear is that their own people, many of them would prefer to live under a system of freedom and limited government like we have, not their own. So one strategy, of course, is to try to prevent their people from finding out what's going on here. But I'm sure that in those regimes are people who think, gee, if we could make America more like us, if we could turn America into a country where there's no free expression, where there's little or no free enterprise, where the state controls everything, then America couldn't compete ideologically for the loyalties of their people. And so we don't know what they're actually doing, but I am sure that they view with delight every time uh, American government uh, becomes more like their own, becomes more tyrannical, becomes less tolerant. And we have to fight both of those. Uh, we have to fight both of those tendencies by trying to preserve what's best in America. It's not about who's a liberal or who's a conservative. It's about who wants limited government and who wants unlimited government, which leads to tyranny. No, so great, great points, uh, Roman. So, so along those lines, then, you have the globalists. And the globalists, along with uh, elements like China, Russia, Iran have undertaken a variety of different means and methods to drive propaganda, disinformation uh, here in the United States to divide us, uh, to silence us, to outmaneuver us on the world stage with a with a strategic narrative. Internal to the United States as part of this effort to to stack and rack and pack the court, we've seen an extreme left element that has come to the forefront using a variety of weapons, not only national security, but also our once free press, which is now, which was the vulnerable, vulnerable fourth estate, which is now the fifth column. And also what I call the socialist media companies to do much of what you just said is to drive a false propaganda narrative to subjugate people through intimidation, to silence them through censorship cancel culture and other things. And so can you give a little bit more perspective in terms of, you know, you've talked about Congress and their, their unleashed spending habits, uh, their violation of the immigration laws. So are these things just to be by themselves uh, random or are these purposeful in your mind? Well, there are many, many, many elements to political movements. And the modern American left 
um, has some principles that I actually admire. They, uh, some of them, some of them actually distrust government. Um, if you look, for example, at the difference between uh, Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders was a populist. He didn't trust government. Now, I may not agree with Bernie Sanders on his income redistribution schemes, but Bernie Sanders opposed court packing because he said, boy, if, if the Democrats could do it, the Republicans could do it, too. Now, he didn't trust um, the goodwill of politicians. But on the other hand, you have Elizabeth Warren, who who enthusiastically endorses uh, court packing because she trusts government. She trusts the bureaucracy to do what's right. And she wants to destroy checks and balances. And so we have this great movement. But unfortunately, um, many of the of the interest groups that make it up want policies that right now uh, constitutional judges wouldn't support. They want a wealth tax to confiscate wealth. And that's unconstitutional. They want to nationalize election laws so that the bureaucrats in Washington can dictate what the rules are for elections all over the country. Um, they want racial quotas um, for many things. All of these things are, are, are have either been judged unconstitutional or will likely be judged unconstitutional by the court. And so they can't get what they want unless they can basically turn the court into a controlled entity. And that's the danger. That's the danger that all of us should be worrying about is this movement on the left that wants government to have absolute power with no limits. And we've got to figure out a way to stop it. Now, if you listen to politicians, politicians will say the way to stop the left is to give these politicians money so they can win elections. The problem is that doesn't work in the long run because you can't win every election. If you live on the shore of, of, a, of a Florida coast, you can't stop a hurricane. You can hope it doesn't happen next year. It may not happen for five or 10, but sooner or later, you know there's going to be a hurricane. And in America, if you look at American history, the left wins majorities at least once a generation and sometimes more. So if we're going to preserve checks and balances, we have to think about structural change to make sure not only that we can stop the left from destroying checks and balances when we're in the majority or when there's a deadlock, but we can stop them even when they have temporary control. And so a great example of how that was done was the two-term limit for president. For years, we had a tradition in America, a couple hundred years, no president served more than two terms. And then in 1940, President Roosevelt broke that tradition. And within 11 years, we proposed under public pressure and ratified a constitutional amendment that put the two-term limit into the Constitution. And today, there's a group of people on the left who want to manipulate the size of the Supreme Court. For 150 years, we've had a tradition that Congress and presidents don't do that. But that tradition has now uh, eroded. It is now a serious policy option. And that's why we need a constitutional amendment now um, so that to take away Congress's power to manipulate the size of the Supreme Court. Well, very interesting. Very interesting. So what I see and you know, what I've talked about on this program before is what I call the cognitive war. It's an ideological 
ideology is used as one way along with religion or other issues, such as you just said, packing the court, along with a variety of means, education, social programs, uh, economics, other things, to then drive a subjugation of a society. And in this case here, China, Russia, Iran do it globally for their people. Here in the United States, I see the same thing happening here as Congress is mostly unleashed with the executive branch to then spend as they please to violate our immigration laws and other things and actually drive subjugation of Americans here. And so a key aspect to stop that, you said, is, is putting some breaks in place. And so when we come back from the break, we're going to answer the question back exactly what is the Keep the Nine Amendment and why is it so important? And how can we be successful in actually achieving it? But before I go on break, let me just remind our listeners that all of my shows go to podcast typically a day after broadcast is heard here on the talk radio. You can hear them on Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, and iHeart Podcast, and many more. Be sure you subscribe and rate the show on Apple Podcasts for me. We'll be right back. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free, love it, or your money back, guaranteed. HealthyCell.com, code out loud. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Welcome back to America Out Loud Talk Radio Network. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must do our own part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so we can help secure America's future. So let me welcome back Mr. Roman Bueller, 14-year veteran of the U.S. House of Representatives Committee serving under Newt Gingrich on election integrity issues and currently driving a grassroots effort to keep the nine, an amendment to the Constitution to keep nine justices on the Supreme Court. So, Roman, let's go to that amendment. And why don't you tell us about the amendment what it means, a little background, and how you got to the actual amendment so our listeners can understand the importance and then what we must do to actually pass this amendment. Sure. Thank you. Uh, and, and thanks again for, for uh, having me on your program, Ed. Um, the Keep Nine Amendment would be the shortest amendment in the history of the United States Constitution. Um, all it says is the Supreme Court of the United States shall be composed of nine justices. Now, many people in America think that's already in the Constitution, but it's not. 
Unfortunately, the Constitution allows, in its current form, allows Congress by simply passing a law. Now, I don't think the authors of the Constitution, I don't think they anticipated, would seek to control the Supreme Court simply by in the first 75 years. That's exactly what happened. Um, both conservatives, uh, the Federalists, and then the Republicans, and Democrats manipulated the size of the Supreme Court um, to get political advantage. And finally, people became so concerned that a tradition grew up, starting in 1869, that the Supreme Court would remain nine justices. And uh, for the last 150 years, that tradition is held. In, in 1937, Franklin Roosevelt was dissatisfied with decisions of the Supreme Court, and he sought to bring it under his personal control by expanding the size of the court. And there was a national it was national outrage, bipartisan, both Democrats and Republicans. And he was forced to give up his plan. And a lot of observers in that time period said that really it broke his ability to pass tried to abuse his power. So people thought, well, court packing, not going to happen. It's dead. But now frustration on the left has grown so hot. There's so many unconstitutional things that the left wants to do and the supreme court is blocking now there are a group of 50 members of congress who want to manipulate the size of the court to expand it so they can replace the current majority of the court with their own and so the keep nine amendment is the answer to that threat there are now more than 200 members of congress and more than a, t a total of more than a thousand elected officials nationwide, a bipartisan group who support this Keep Nine Amendment and support the effort to persuade Congress to propose it and the states to ratify it. And we believe that unless we can get that amendment proposed and ratified before the next time the left wins a super or big majority, the left is going to pack the court, or at least there's a very significant risk that the left is going to pack the court. And that's why this Keep Nine Amendment is so important. So that's a great start off, Roland, about the Keep the Nine Amendment and such. But before going further about the actual amendment itself, can you give our listeners a little background on some historic history of the constitutional amendments that actually have passed? Because as you mentioned, one of them, uh, two-term president, there are others, right, that are out there that have been passed. So this is not uh, a pipe dream. This is not a utopian dream to actually put in a Keep the Nine Amendment. What are your thoughts on that? Right. Well, you know that when you ask the average American, well, they say we need an amendment, people say, well, amendments, they're almost impossible to do. But if you look at, you see a woman's right to vote. Um, you see presidential tournaments. You see the imposition and then very quickly thereafter, the repeal of prohibition. And more recently, you see the 18-year-old vote. Now, all of these amendments had three things in common. First of all, they were very, very simple. You could describe them in a phrase. The second is that they were overwhelmingly popular when they were adopted. They started, you know, people didn't, weren't sure, but when they, were, uh, when they were adopted, they were overwhelmingly supported by the public. Public pressure can force these things. And the third is they became universally known. They became household words. 
And so we believe that the Keep Nine Amendment actually can replicate the success of these amendments. First of all, it's very simple. Keep nine justices. Second, polling shows that it is overwhelmingly popular with a broad spectrum of the American electorate. By an overwhelming more than two to one margin, uh, voters would support an amendment to preserve nine justices. Um, majorities of African-American voters support. Majorities of Hispanic voters would support it. And even if you poll Democrats, more Democrats would support this amendment than would oppose it. Now, that's not what you find when you go to politicians. Politicians want power. And the power uh, to manipulate the size of the Supreme Court polarization among politicians on this issue than you see among voters. We can mobilize grassroots voters. If people discover um, that there is an amendment out there to ban court packing, which polls show that voters don't like, we can get this amendment done. Um, and it's, but it takes grassroots people power to do it. This is not an amendment that will happen from the top down. This is an amendment that will happen um, from the bottom up. No, thank you very much, Roman. So it's very important, as you said, that it's grassroots and starts from the bottom. But the other thing that I think is important for our listeners to understand is this is not an overnight journey. So one thing that I see the extremists on the left do very, very well is they have a methodical execution against a well-thought-out strategy and plan. So over the last five decades, they've been able to basically overtake our education systems, our justice systems, our national security apparatus and stuff, and then in install and input bureaucrats and others in place to help perpetuate their view and their ideologies. But an effort like this speaks to what Americans must really start to understand is you cannot sit on the sides and sidelines and hope someone else is going to do the business for you. You have to get involved in these types of grassroots efforts like Ramon's Keep the Nine or the Citizens Commission to Restore America. And that's why we're collaborating with Roman on this specific amendment here, because it's so critically important. But the strategy to put this in place and the efforts to get it rolling, if you could talk a little bit about that, Roman, because you've been doing this now for a couple of years, I believe. Yes. Yes. So, so. We have to convince people there are three messages we've got to deliver. The first message is there's an amendment out there which would protect the independence of the Supreme Court. If people know about it, that's the first step. And the second step is we've got to convince people that this amendment is worth their time, their attention, their energy, and their resources. And that's a matter of strategy. Most of the energy in American politics right now is taken up by people talking about the who. Who do we want in power? And that's very, very important. But it's only part of the process of self-government. The second part of the process is what are those people going to do when they get in power. That's issues. That's immigration. It's election integrity. Um, it is are all the fights that we fight every day about government policy. 
But I would argue that the most important thing we don't focus on enough is the how. The who, the what, and the how. And the how is what kind of power do those in government have? And the left is very good strategically at focusing on power. Who has power? You know, you've all heard of the genie who offered three wishes, right? And there's an argument that no matter who you are, anywhere in the world, your first wish is for more wishes. And the left, when they think about what their strategy is, their first goal is not what to do with power. It's more power. And so we have to think about in our allocation of resources, not how do we st just stop the left from doing what they want to do. It's how do we stop the left from getting more power, from getting absolute power. And in our system, you get absolute power by controlling three entities, the Congress, the presidency, and the courts. And the next time the left absolutely controls the Congress and the presidency, they're going to go after the courts. And if we don't stop them and we don't prioritize stopping them, we're going to lose. So we need to convince people that preserving an independent Supreme Court with the constitutional amendment is a priority. And then the third thing is we have to educate people about what they can do. And there's so many people that don't think they can make a difference. Oh my goodness, the system's rigged. But it's actually possible for grassroots movements to change the country. And all you have to do is look at our fight for independence. It didn't start um, in the capitals. It started with grassroots thinkers all over uh, the 13 colonies who said, we've got to change our system. And eventually that became the American Revolution. And eventually that became the American Constitution. Another example is the end of slavery, right? People that didn't start in Congress. It was way too controversial for most people in Congress. It started as a grassroots movement. It was linked uh, to the religious revival that took place in America in the um, early 19th century. And the movement for abolition of slavery grew and grew and grew. And finally, it turned into a political party, the Republican Party. And it turned into a movement which ended, ended slavery. And in our time, the battle uh, to, to end segregation in the South, it didn't start in Congress. Politicians were terrified of getting on the wrong side of that issue. But it became a grassroots movement. And young people who I admire went to the South and said, segregation will not stand. And eventually they inspired the country and we ended it. And that's America at its best. And our goal at Keep Nine is to create a bipartisan grassroots movement of people who want to take their country back from politicians who want absolute power. And, and I, think it's, I think the country's ready for it. I don't think it's just a conservative movement. It can come from all parts of the political spectrum. But it's going to take individuals like people who are listening on this call to decide that preserving an independent Supreme Court is a priority um, and actually may be a necessity for limited government uh, in America to survive. No, fan fantastic, Roman. So you've, you've raised a number of different questions there in my mind then, because that the grassroots is critically important. And as we understand in the Citizens Commission of Restore America, we look at the same aspect, is that the people in the United States have always held the power, but they must exercise that power frequently and often to remind the politicians 
and others in elected office that they are in fact public servants, public servants. Too often on the Hill and other places, you see these politicians pontificate as if they're the king and queen of the country. And that we, the people, are their serfs to be subjugated and ruled and served by them. But that's not the case, as Ramaz pointed out. We have to stand up. We have to speak out. But we also look at these types of efforts as being truly bipartisan. You know, so often the left vilifies people who support constitutional government, our constitutional government. They vilify us. They vilify the Constitution. And they vilify the rule of law, which is the basis for our freedoms, independence, and opportunity. And so it's easy to see then why they want to go after the Supreme Court, as you pointed out, because if they can pack that court, they can therefore usurp power on a massive level. But you noted that there is a bipartisan agreement in many instances to then put this Keep the Nine in. Can you talk a little bit about how you got the initial members of Congress, Democrats and Republicans, to then start to speak out and support this effort and where that currently sits within the Congress. Right. Well, uh, the genesis of this effort uh, were a group of former um, uh, state attorneys general. Half of them were Democrats, half were Republicans. And when they were attorneys general for their state, they they had to litigate in front of the Supreme Court, and they understood how important an independent Supreme Court was. So led by the late uh, Andy Miller, a former Democratic Attorney General of Virginia, they launched this uh, Keep Nine effort uh, in uh, 2020. And the first uh, member of Congress who introduced it in the House was Colin Peterson, a Democrat uh, from uh, Minnesota, and a gentleman named Denver Riggleman, a Republican from Virginia. First in the Senate was Ted Cruz, a senator from Texas, uh, and the movement has grown now to more than 200 members of Congress. Um, and it's an extraordinary story of how grassroots people put together an amendment that many professional politicians didn't think would be done. Well, that's, that's very interesting. So, you know, one, one of the things that I think is really important for the listeners to understand is, as we bring on, bring on patriots, American patriots like Roman, is to have a better understanding of, you know, what shoes have they walked in, where have they come from, and what drives them to uh, support constitutional America, to restore America, but also what drives them as a conservative. What's the basic beliefs? Because one of the things I, from my own perspective, see is that conservatives tend to commit fratricide way too often, whereas the extreme left unifies and solidifies as a mass on a consistent basis. So, Roman, can you go into a little background in terms of why and how you actually got started within Congress and with, with Newt Gingrich and what drove you and what's your passion to then help keep America as it is? Well, thanks, Ed. You know, and it's a long time ago, my mother gave me a book and it was called A Study of History by Arnold Toynbee. And I highly recommend it to anybody that that is interested in major trends. And I, you know, years later, I discovered uh, that not only was it my favorite book, it was also Newt Gingrich's favorite book. And it talks about civilizations in, in human history and how 
one of the greatest threats to the survival and the pro- and the prosperity of a civilization is sometimes the te- sometimes the tendency of uh, its own government uh, to seek absolute power, which then crushes crushes productivity and crushes creativity in the society. And so, when I was young, I thought, you know, if I'm involved in public life, I'm going to try to find a way to prevent uh, government in America. Uh, from becoming all-powerful. And I listened to the rhetoric of people like Barry Goldwater and people like Ronald Reagan who talked about the dangers of unlimited government. But then I went to work. Uh, I I spent a lot of time in grassroots politics. I became a lawyer. I ran campaigns. I was fearless in fighting uh, what I saw as uh, uh, corruption and uh, abuse of power. And I still don't know how it happened. Uh, it had to be the inter- intervention of a higher power. Uh, I ended up being hired in 1989 as Newt Gingrich's first House Committee Council, and I went back. My responsibility was to oversee uh, the uh, election integrity um, issues for Republicans in the House of Representatives, and I held that position uh, for 14 years. And what I saw was that too many Republicans were more interested in acquiring power than they were in limiting power. Newt Gingrich certainly wasn't. Uh, But I began to believe that it wasn't enough to send your friends uh, to Washington. We had to figure out a way to start taking power away from politicians in Washington and giving it back to the states and the people. And so my work has been, uh, since I left Congress, Uh, trying to figure out how to mobilize people around the country to take power away from Washington. And if I were to deliver a message to your listeners, it would be ask any politician that's asking for your vote or your money, what is your strategy for taking power out of Washington? We can make that change. Uh, I think we change the direction of the country. What what an excellent excellent way to close this second segment here, Roman, is what can you do to help get power out of Washington to stop the abuse? That's fantastic. And when we come back from this break, we're going to talk about what the next steps are to get this amendment passed here. And in that regard, it's really important for you to support this NAS Security Hour so we can bring guests like Roman on and bring you a unique perspective on NASA security in terms of how to advance our national security and how you, the people, can become involved. So you can find more about my show and get all the latest podcasts if you go to the menu navigation bar at americaoutloud.com, look under shows or schedule, and you'll see the national security hour and a slew of other great programs and guests on there. Follow us and stay engaged. You'll be in the know. We'll be right back. Well, the out loud truth was the rallying call that started it all. A wide spectrum of programming from world and political news to societal, your health, and cultural stories. Seven amazing years of news stories, informative podcasts, and great talk radio. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Liberty and justice for all. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. 
yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Well, welcome back to the NAS Security Hour. Today we have Mr. Ramon Bueller on, a 14-year veteran of the House, lead for Newt Gingrich's election security efforts, integrity efforts in the House of Representatives for 14 years. And we're talking about keep the nine amendment, a critical amendment necessary to stop radical elements from trying to usurp the last vestige of power that can keep our republic a republic, and that is the Supreme Court of the United States. So, Mr. Bueller, as we go into this last segment, can you talk a little bit about what are the next steps here in actually getting this amendment passed, and what are you actually what are you doing in your next steps as well? Well, thanks for asking that question again. Thanks for having me on this program. Um, our strategy for getting the Keep Nine Amendment done is pretty simple. It's unite Republicans and conservatives. It is recruit Democrats, moderates, liberals, and progressives. It is make candidates tell us where they stand on the amendment. And then it is educate voters about the amendment and where candidates stand. It's pretty simple, but it's a huge, huge job. There are 8,000 state legislators, all of whom will have to vote on ratifying an amendment. There are, uh, 535 members of the House and the Senate who will have to vote to propose it. So what we have to do is mobilize grassroots people to do three things. One, they need to educate their friends about the Keep Nine Amendment. So if you have an email account, send email. If you have a, a Twitter account, send a tweet. If you have whatever other social media forums you're on, use those social media forums to ask people, what what do you think about this Keep Nine Amendment backed by 200 members of Congress to preserve non-justices on the Supreme Court? And if people begin to hear about it, that's the first step. Now, you can use social media, you can talk to your friends, you can go to events and talk to people, um, you can write a letter to the editor of your newspaper, there's still some people who read newspapers, you can call into your favorite uh, talk show, there are many ways in which you as an individual can spread the word that there is a keep nine amendment to ban court packing out there. The second thing that people can do is they can ask elected officials and candidates who are asking for, you can ask people who are asking for your vote or your donation or your support. Where do you stand on the keep nine amendment? Now, look, not every politician is going to agree with us. There are some politicians who want to pack the court. There are a great number of Democrats who say they don't want to pack the court, but they won't support a constitutional amendment to ban it, which might lead a reasonable person to ask, gee, if you say you don't want to rob a bank tonight, but you don't want to outlaw bank robbery, are you really sincere? 
And I think we have to ask politicians who claim to be against court packing, but don't want to ban it, uh, what their true intentions are. So asking politicians where they stand is the second and demanding that politicians tell us is really important. And the third thing is to become an active participant in our leadership team. There are many, many things that we are doing specifically in every state, every congressional district that we can, that we can, where we can find uh, uh, forces. And the way, the way to get involved in our effort is really simple. Email us, leaders at keep9.org, the word nine spelled out, leaders at keep9.org. And then we can talk about all the other things we're doing. So, for example, in um, states all over the country, um, we are persuading state legislators to introduce resolutions urging Congress to support the amendment. Nineteen state legislative chambers have already passed those resolutions. We are going to political organizations, uh, uh, political party committees, um, and asking those political party committees, uh, whether they're Republican or Democrat, to pass resolutions urging Congress to support the amendment. And every time a resolution is debated in a county a political party organization or a state political party organization, it educates the people in that organization that there is an amendment. And then we have a new pool of people from whom we can draw support. We also encourage people to go to events. So for example, in just a very few days, um, there is going to be a gathering of 10,000 conservatives at CPAC um, at the Gaylord Hotel in um, uh, near Washington, D.C., in Washington Harbor. And we are building a team of people who will go to that event and who will talk to people one-on-one, ask them, what's your most important issue? And then talk about the Keep Nine Amendment and how preserving an independent Supreme Court is critical to conservative goals on immigration, or on election integrity, um, or on curbing the authority of federal regulators, and in general, on limiting the power uh, of the left to impose tyranny on this country. And if out of CPAC, we can find another hundred activists who will be part of our team, um, the power of volunteer activism is extraordinary. Washington is filled with paid lobbyists who have no credibility other than the money that they have, right? A grassroots activist has credibility because by showing up on the uh, uh, on the at the door of a uh, politician, they are saying that they care, and politicians listen so much more to grassroots activists than they do to paid advocates. I don't think grassroots activists realize the power that they have. And so our goal is to mobilize that team of grassroots activists on what we think may be one of the most important issues for the survival of limited government in America, which is the Keep Nine Amendment to Ban Court So, so the Keep Nine Amendment to me, Roman, is critical. And let me put it in some some um, basic language for the listeners here, which I think will resonate with them. Is that you know people could look at the Keep Nine Amendment and say, well, you know, how do I get involved in grassroots effort here? And you're explaining that, but this. This doesn't seem like it's something that that I can make a big difference on, and they would be absolutely wrong. But let me help our listeners understand in terms, again, why practically they should get involved. First of all, Second Amendment rights. 
you can see numerous instances where the extremists and the progressives on the left continually push to eliminate your Second Amendment rights. Subsequently, at the same time, they're releasing felons, murderers, and rapists and ignoring the laws already in the book to release those people back into the streets, which now we've seen spikes in murders across the United States. The District of Columbia has become the district of crime, corruption, and cocaine, and encampments. It's sickening to see this happen. So think of this amendment effort as your last stand to help enable and protect your Second Amendment rights. Now, this is not, not only that, but the First Amendment rights, free speech and freedom of expression. Look what the left has done over the last six years since the Trump administration first came in to silence the majority of Americans and their ability to speak. They've colluded with our NASA security apparatus and socialist media companies to shut down, censor, and control you. They did this under COVID, declaring they used the science, but they didn't use any science. They used false science to then lock you down, which now they admit was wrong. They used those false lies and narratives of the science and concerns over COVID as a means to further subjugate you and control your freedom of expression. And in doing so, they destroyed thousands upon thousands of independent businesses across America. Thousands of people who had the ability to speak freely were silenced and censored and shamed and assaulted on the streets. And then think of this from a constitutional perspective. The Supreme Court is our last bastion to stand between us and elements like the Department of Justice and FBI labeling parents as domestic extremists. Why they let Antifa go is it's just an idea. Well, Antifa is on speed dial to the radical extremists in the Democratic Party to call him up to cause a riot at any time they so wish. I mean, it's obscene. So Second Amendment, freedom of expression, your constitutional God-given rights. These are reasons why our listeners should get out and support this effort and this amendment. <clears throat> and to help support this effort and amendment, the Citizens Commission to Restore America has just published Directive 3-2023 on Keep the Nine. And the whole purpose of this directive is for you, along with going to Roman's points of contacts we'll get to at the end of the program here, is to print, sign, and send this material to your local, state, and federal legislative elected officials and ask them, as Roman said, what are you doing and what's your position on keep the nine? And if they say, well, I don't have a position, well, I don't support that amendment, then ask them, do you support Second Amendment rights? Do you support our constitutional freedom of expression? Do you support labeling parents as ex radical extremists? And at the same time, support Antifa being left only as an idea and no prosecutions. So we start to take a look at these efforts here. And American people can realize, hopefully, that you have tremendous power in your hands. Every time you vote, you have the power. But not just when you're voting. Go to your town hall meetings. Go to your other meetings where your congressional members come in. 
look their number up in Congress and call them and leave a message for them. Tell them keep the nine is critical to restoring America and keeping our rights and other things. But but Roman, one of the aspects here is it's someone always intimidating for people to say, oh, my, I'm just a, uh, I'm a grandmother in this small town here. How can I help? But what you brought up was critically important. As with the CCRA effort, we look at empowering citizens by helping them to understand what the issues are. In this case, to keep the Nine Amendment. Enabling them to act. And we look to enable them to act by taking and printing, signing, and sending the directive in or going to Roman's website, Keep the Nine, and signing to petition for this to go to your local board, school boards, to go to your local dinners and local social meetings in your town and bring this up as a topic. That's how these grassroots efforts grow. And so it doesn't matter where you play gin on a Friday, go to church on a Sunday or other things. Every one of those venues is a means and opportunity for you to help pass this information on to other people to help push, keep the nine amendment and stuff. And so, Roman, you talk about the CPAC coming up here. You know, CPAC mm-hmm. is a, a very important uh, venue for people to express different things. But your focus is not going to go be going to the different venues to listen to what's being said. Your focus, if you can reiterate and, and talk about it a little bit, is to actually spend your time one-on-one with individuals to make this uh, make this amendment a true reality. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yes. Well, you know, grassroots movements, information travels best from one person personally to another. It's one thing to listen to a radio program like this, but when you really get involved is when you end up having a personal conversation with someone else who cares about the issue. So that's why I'm encouraging people who want to become activists and leaders in this effort, not only to visit the website, not only to sign the petition, but actually to reach out personally to us at leaders at keep9.org. What we're going to do at this convention is me and other uh, activists are going to be at the convention and we're going to be talking to people, everybody we meet. And our first our first question isn't, hey, would you support the Keep Nine Amendment? It is, why are you here? What's the most important issue for you? And once someone has told us what the most important issue is, in almost every case, we can point out why preserving an independent Supreme Court is critical for that issue's success. And our goal is to find at least 100, maybe more, grassroots activists who decided, first of all, they've learned about the Keep Nine Amendment. Second of all, they understand that if we don't get a keep nine amendment, we risk the less the left uh, seizing absolute power someday. And third, that there is something specific that they can do. Imagine if there are 50,000 activists all over the country emailing and calling and reaching out to politicians, reaching out on social media, talking about the keep nine amendment and demanding that political leaders and media opinion leaders Talk about the Keep Nine Amendment, the grassroots movement, the grassroots power of individuals working together to make this amendment a household word, to hold politicians who won't support it accountable, and eventually to get this amendment proposed and ratified is simply unfathomable. We we have not had, um, from the limited government side of the equation, 
a constitutional amendment since 1951 when we uh, got the amendment for two terms uh, for president uh, passed. We have an opportunity now, uh, almost 75 years later, to restart an old conservative tradition, not just to talk about taking power out of Washington, but actually to constitutionally begin the process of doing it, to take away the power of politicians to pack the Supreme Court. And if we can build a citizens movement that successfully does that, we will change the arc of American history. And so this is not just about preserving an independent Supreme Court. It's about American citizens taking back control of their government, demanding that elected officials serve people and not the other way around. No, thank you very much, Ramon. And this is why I felt it was very critical to bring Ramon on today. He's a true American patriot, patriot here. Because under the Citizens Commission of Restore America, our three primary objectives deal with ensuring the resilience of a republic, constitution, and freedoms. Second, driving a proactive and positive legislative agenda. And third, overcoming domestic and foreign threats to America. And this Keep the Nine Amendment is critical to fulfilling each of those different objectives. It's, it's critical that you support these types of efforts because Again, the people have the power. If the people don't exercise the power, then we lose that. So let me again thank Mr. Bueller, Roman, for joining us today on the NAS Security Hour as part of the America Out Loud talk radio network. Be sure to make AmericaOutloud.com your daily stop for all the latest news and happenings. We must all do our part and share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, and videos so you can help secure America's future. You can contact Mr. Bueller and support our efforts to keep the nine by going to www.keep9.org. That's www.keep9.org, along with going to www.madisoncoalition.org. I'm here every Tuesday night on the NAS Security Hour to tell you what you need to hear, not what you want to hear. I will go outside the fog of the daily chaos to give you a more strategic perspective on mass security issues and speak truth to power, the power of we the people, so we together can best ensure the resilience and security of a republic. Before I close out here, Roman, any last comments? Absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you, Ed. And second of all, if you remember one thing from this call, uh, remember www.keep9.org. And email us at leaders at keep9.org. Thank you, Ed. Thanks, all our listeners, for joining us on this mission. The National Security Hour is here. It is the tip of the spear in the epic battle to defend the United States of America. America.